Well, in case you're losing track of which day of the week it is, today is Friday, and that means it's time for another brand new episode of Any Given Friday. Welcome to episode 32 of season three. We appreciate you joining us. My name is Justin Hubbard. I'm the sports editor slash news reporter of Lake County News, and with me via Zoom, as he has been the last several weeks, is Will Petty. How's it hanging, Will? How are you uh, handling things down there where you're at? Well, handling it pretty good. Like I said, still moving, so... Uh... We, we are still moving forward with that process. Um, we're actually uh, two weeks out from siding for our house, so it's uh, getting down to crunch time for us here. Nice, nice. Very cool. Uh, changes coming up there for Will. We're going to roll into this week's mm-hmm. episode because I think we got a lot. We both want to get off our chests. Uh, we're going to only have two topics, but I think both of them are going to take up a good bit of time. We're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys signing Andy Dalton to a one-year deal. And then we're going to preview this Sunday's WWE pay-per-view, Money in the Bank. We had not originally planned to do that this week because for some reason I found some faulty information about the date of that event. But it is this coming Sunday, so we're excited about that. Fake news. That's right. I read some fake news. All right, Will, I'm, I'm going to let you start off this topic. I'm going to let you say your piece, and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. What do you think about Andy Dalton signing as the backup for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I will admit I've had a little bit of a change of heart in the last few days about it. Oh. Um, still, still not sold on the guy, right? I mean, let me say that. I still think this is not the smartest move the Cowboys can make. That being said, yes, he has experience. Yes, he's a veteran. Yes, he uh, played in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. Uh, I'll give you all that. But, look, Cincinnati let him go for a reason. Uh, The fact is he just wasn't cutting it there, not as a starter. Um, Obviously, they got Barrow in to maybe, you know, bridge some of those gaps. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think this is a super – exciting star-studded move by the Cowboys that a lot of people are thinking, all right? Yes, it's not it's not the dumbest call they could have made. I mean, they could have, you know, gone and got um, uh, Dobbs from Miami. But, uh, you know, it's also not a brilliant one. But I want to hear why you believe it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. First of all, he's he's getting paid a couple of nickels. I mean, it's $3 million guaranteed, and part of that has already gone into his bank account for the signing bonus. So they're getting a veteran quarterback who is better than his statistics show for a very, very cheap deal. And the maximum this is going to cost him is $7 million. That's if that Prescott goes down and Dalton has to come in and play X amount of games, whatever the, the terms are. It doesn't – you use the phrase, it's not a star-studded move. It doesn't need to be. He's the backup. They're not signing him to come in and compete for the QB1 spot with Dak Prescott. That is the furthest thing from their minds. He is going to be the emergency option, okay? And if you're the Cowboys, he is a massive, massive upgrade over Cooper Rush, who was – released almost as quickly as the news of Dalton's deal broke. I mean, it was just, I think, the next day that Cooper Rush was 
told to, to leave the star in Frisco. It makes all the sense in the world. It gives the Cowboys who are in win-now mode a safety net. Because if Dak Prescott goes down, they don't have a quarterback. Now they do. And they've got a guy who's been around the league. Kind of. They've got a guy who's been around the league for several years now. Nothing would take him by surprise if he had to jump right into the game in an emergency spot. And let's not overlook the fact that he is already on the best team he has ever seen in his career. Outside of A.J. Green and a couple of other weapons throughout the years, he had nobody in Cincinnati. Okay, I'm not making excuses for that. him because he, he definitely had his own individual struggles. But I think a lot of that can be attested to the fact there was zero talent on those teams. There's a reason they suck so bad every year. It's not only because of Andy Dalton. It takes a team to win. It takes a team to lose. Dalton makes perfect sense. I was ecstatic from the moment I read this news, and I'm ecstatic now. They've got their number two guy in case something happens with Prescott. I am through the moon excited about it. They are killing it this offseason. But how are you going to feel if, I mean, God forbid, Dak goes down. Do you think that he can uh, – that Dalton will be able to maintain the status quo for the Cowboys like Teddy Bridgewater was able to do for the Saints, or do you still see a, a drop? I think it would be a slight drop because it can't run like Dak, but that's when you give the ball more to Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard, and then you, you, leave, uh, you leave Dalton more in the pocket. They've got all the talent around him for – for them to still be successful in a, in a bad spot like that. They would not have had that with Cooper Rush or the guy that they just drafted out of James Madison if, if one of those guys was still going to be QB2. They needed somebody who is a, a trusted veteran who we know can make all the throws and somebody who has been there, done that, and would not be shell-shocked if he had to come into a game like that. Because, like I said, they are the Super Bowl window is right now for the Dallas Cowboys. They cannot afford to have a year thrown out the window if Prescott were to get hurt. So what they've done here is ensure that they would have a competent quarterback no matter what happens. And, like I said, if you get into a point where you do have to bring him in and he can't run the ball and he can't you know, work in the pocket the way Prescott can because Prescott's very good at that, that's when you start dumping off to Zeke and Pollard and, you know, you go more pass game, more traditional uh, pass game in that sense. I mean, you make fair point. I think this is one of those things that, quite frankly, God forbid we would have to see Zeke get hurt to see who is ultimately right or wrong on this. I mean, I still believe it's a gamble. I get what you're saying. I understand. And on some points, I certainly agree. But, uh, I mean – we're talking about Andy Dalton here. Let's, re- let's just reiterate, it's Andy Dalton. This isn't, you know, um, Jacoby Brissett. This isn't um, Teddy Bridgewater. This isn't people that were, you know, backups that were really just extremely underrated as backups that came in and in this show that they can really – save a team or, you know, take a team to where they need to go in dire straits. This is a guy who, I mean, okay, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of weapons, but he had A.J. Green. He had, I mean, 
is there any receiver that you would argue on the Cowboys right now that was better than A.J. Green in his prime? I would take every single current Cowboys receiver, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and the new, new guy, C.D. Lamb. I would take all of them at any given point over A.J. Green because A.J. Green was injury-prone and you know it. Stop acting, well, like he had, stop acting like A.J. was Julio Jones for Matt Ryan and the Falcons, okay? Julio is always there. Give him credit. He has some flaws to his game. But the guy is never hurt. He is always there. He is always contributing. A.J. Green is not like that, and you know it. The guy gets hurt almost every season. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only, uh, <laughs> it got a little quiet there, Will. Well, I mean – Mm. Well, I mean, uh, the thing is, is I was talking about A.J. Green at his prime. Would you really take Michael Gallup over A.J. Green at his prime? A.J. Green in his prime is injury prone, yes. I'll take a guy who's going to be there and who doesn't get banged up every two plays. I'd rather have I'd rather right. have somebody like that consistently than a superstar every four or five weeks. But those superstar games are really what helped the Bengals out in those times, too. That's fine. That's fine. But how many more big games could they have been in if A.J. Green hadn't been on the, on the bench? Fair. <laughs> I knew we were going to be big time on this. I knew we were. I've been licking my chops all day. I've been, I've been ready for this one. <laughs> What's important here? <laughs> I can tell What's important here is that I, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I would say just gauging by social media, a good 75 to 90%, somewhere in that range, of all Cowboys fans. We're excited about this because we know the sense that it makes, and that's all that really matters. Jerry, you hit another home run, my man. Jerry or Steven and or Steven, whoever was involved in this. Great job. They are killing it this offseason. I can't wait for them to strap in and play some football in the fall. Okay, we're going to put our combative spirits aside and talk about – oh, combat. Okay, never mind. Uh, let's talk about money. In the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's talk about this week's Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming at you Sunday evening. Uh, a couple of things before we really dig into the card that we know for a fact is going to take place as of this recording – Will, they've been teasing this this hacker person for several weeks now. We saw him play a role in the Mandy Rose and Otis storyline just before WrestleMania. Uh, do you think that person is going to make their debut Sunday night? Because it seems like they're really, really hinting in that direction. Uh, you know what? It would not surprise me uh, if they did. But, but uh, I mean, my question is ultimately, who's it going to be? Is it a new talent? Or is it someone that, um, you know, has been there for a while and uh, has, is making a big comeback? Or, you know, you talked about uh, how terrible the second-string quarterback for the Cowboys was. Uh, is it his uh, long-lost cousin, Leo Rush? <laughs> <laughs> Leo Rush probably would be a better backup quarterback. <laughs> My bad, bad back up work. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, in all reality, you know, I am excited to see who this is. Um, WWE, one thing they do really well, and uh, this is something that they just blow all, all the others away with, is teasing and 
bringing in talent that we never expect to see or that we don't expect to be back so soon. Well, I mean, just look at this year's Royal Rumble with Edge. Look at uh, the Royal Rumble a few years ago with uh, AJ Styles. <laughs> Go back to even, you know, the early 2000s and Attitude Era with Y2J. I mean, this is something that they do really well. And uh, anytime I see a new talent coming soon, it gets me pretty excited when they do this type of buildup because you know it's going to be something special. Yeah, I'm excited to see what all plays out as a part of this because we've seen this person has, you know, intel or insight about a a few different storylines going on. Uh, Popular rumors say that it could be Mustafa Ali, which I think would work because he has sort of a a history of using some some digital stuff and uh, he works that into his character. Or – or I should say, and or Chad Gable could be involved, uh, according to those same rumors and reports. So nobody really knows, but I think it's very cool. I like, like you said, I like what they're doing. It does remind me a lot of the Y2J stuff. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good comparison. And whoever it is, I'm excited to see it play out, and I'm really curious to see where it plays out. If it, if it does happen Sunday night, where on the card is it going to happen? Well, I'll tell you something, brother. Hacking requires a lot of math. It requires a lot of math. You got to be a really good mathematician in order to do it. I mean, you got to have about a 33% chance of uh, making sure you have the uh, right uh, codes in place. And then it takes about another, I get another 25% because Samoa Joe can't out-hack me. And then uh, we got to have another 30%. So, really, I'm about 127% good at hacking. So, whether it may be me. Scott Steiner, right? Yes. That is incredible. Great job. <laughs> I did the math wrong, but I'm sure he did too. Oh, he definitely did. Go back and listen to that. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. So we're we're not aware of anything that happens tonight on SmackDown, and we're not aware of any you know social media announcements. But there are a couple of potential matchups that I would like to discuss because it seems like they're going to happen Sunday, and maybe if not Sunday, then some point in the near future. Uh, the first one is a potential match for the Raw Tag Team Championships between the champions, the Street Profits, and the Viking Raiders. Uh, if they do go with that match, Will, who would you think is going to win? I would hope the Street Profits, because I have stood by my claim for the last year. The Viking Raiders is the worst, like, gag for a wrestling gimmick in years. I mean, it's right up there with the gobbledygook. Uh, I, yes, that's right. I, I, I'd say it's that bad. The Viking Raiders, like, was Vince McMahon, like, watching a football game between Oakland and Minnesota one day, and he's like, that would be a good tag team right there. That's business. Well, their original name in um, NXT was War Raiders. So. Which which is better. Um, yes. Well, a little, a little bit better. Um, but, you know, for me, um, look, 
the uh, Street Profits give them credit. I'm not fancy them either, but they have a lot of hype behind them right now. Um, they've uh, done pretty well uh, as far as, you know, having basically what? It was like 35% of the Raw after WrestleMania dedicated to them. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think all signs point to them winning if this match does happen. The only question is, would Bianca Belair be at, at their side during this? Yeah, I agree. I'm not a fan of the Viking Raiders. Um, I did not see them in NXT. My understanding is their War Raiders gimmick was much better. But regardless, that's NXT. This is the main roster. I love the Street Profits. You know this. I'm, I'm big on both of those guys. I think Montez Ford could be the star at some point in the future as a singles competitor. Um, I like their gimmick. I like the personality that they bring. However, as much as I like them and as much as I like Bianca Belair, and you and I both have discussed her separately on this show at, at different points, I don't like the fact that it, the, their gimmick basically is now Bianca Belair and the Street Profits. I get why they're doing that because obviously you have the real-life relationship. Between Bel Air, sounds like a, that sounds like a like a really good hip hop group. Like I, I listen to them on the radio. Bianca Belair and the Street Profits, sign me up. <laughs> yes, they they would have a string of number one hits. I guarantee you. Um, but I, I get you got the the real life relationship between Montez Ford and Bianca Belair in play. I understand that, and I understand that Belair at first was being introduced to a brand new audience. People know the Street Profits, so it was kind of smart to pair her with them and ease her transition. But I feel like they're diluting the two of them to promote her. And, again, I'm a big fan of all three involved. I just don't want to see any one of them or any group of them, you know, kind of water down the other. So I'm concerned about that. But I think the fact that Bel Air went out of her way a couple of weeks ago to say, hey, you have never beaten the Viking Raiders, to me that indicates they're going to beat them if and when this matchup takes place. All right, another potential match for Sunday night is Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn versus Drew Gulak. This one's truly uh, just a, a possibility. I want to stress that because I don't believe we've seen Sami Zayn on television in weeks. And you know, if they were to go with this, if they were to go with this matchup, it's going to happen to ha- have to happen tonight on SmackDown. But uh, you you grow there. So what, what do you think about this potential match? I mean, how many renditions of the Artist Collective against Daniel Bryan slash Gulag are we going to get? I mean, I thought this was done. But they keep on – I mean, they're doing this worse than they did with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I mean, it's like – I don't know about that. It's getting to that length of time. But it's getting to that length of time. I mean, it's, it's been going on for a while. And I get it. You like having certain people work with each other for a while and, like, make it, you know, um, pan out. And I get that these are extraordinary circumstances going on even now with Money in the Bank um, where maybe you don't want to just be switching everything up all the time. But I don't know. This The potential of having this match is just not exciting for me at all. I mean, it – it sounds like something where if that if it was a thing, I would hope it was on the pre-show, or you know it'll be my uh, 
middle of pay-per-view bathroom break. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about the feud. Um, I want to see it end. And I think we're going to see a big step, and I'll talk more about this later, toward ending that feud here on Sunday night. So I will say Sami Zayn retains if this match does happen. Okay, let's talk about the confirmed card as of 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. We're going to start with one of your favorites. Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, is defending her title against Tamina. Who do you think is going to win? I got to go with Bailey. But think Bailey holds on until it's her and Sasha. I mean, that's what the payoff's going to be, and I think that's going to happen at SummerSlam. Um, definitely not using uh, uh, this wrestler statistics and this, just using Kate, you know, how the industry has worked for years. Uh, signs just points Bailey winning unless they decide to scrap Bailey, Sasha, Hook, which I don't think they're going to do because that one always sells. Yeah, I think Bailey retains here. Uh, Tamina, look, she's a legacy performer. She's underrated in the ring, I think, but I, they've never done anything with her. They're not going to start now at this stage in her career. I agree with you. I think the most important thing to watch here is what happens between Bailey and Sasha Banks because those seeds have been planted. They're starting to germinate and grow a little bit. And I think they may pour a big old bucket of water on it Sunday night. I think something big is going to happen between the two of them. I don't, I don't think it'll happen where Sasha costs her the match because I think that, that feud can happen without the title, but I think it needs the title for Sasha to truly get elevated if and when she does win the feud. So I think, I think Bailey retains, but I'm really going to have my eye on Sasha Banks during the match and after the match, because I think she is going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. I think what we may see is a repeat of what happened with uh, the uh, WrestleMania match, where um, basically you have a situation where Lacey Evans goes for somebody, and somehow uh, Bailey gets injured, even though you know, the uh, goal was to go after, you know, either like Sasha is trying to do something to help Bailey cheat and instead it like blows back on Bailey or something like that. That's why I would think it would be more likely during this match. Yeah, I think one way or another, we're going to see a big step in their feud against each other Sunday. All right, let's talk about the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The New Day, the champion, will defend against the Forgotten Sons, The Miz and John Morrison, and the Lucha House Party. Is there any team other than the New Day that's going to win this match? Um, I don't think that Ms. Morrison are going to because, I mean, apparently they lost it really recently. Um, but that, that would be the only other team I would look out for. But I think New Day retains this one. Um, just makes sense for what well, I guess they're going to try to build up to with SummerSlam. I agree. I think the Forgotten Sons are a little bit too new to win the championships. And I think they're only there because one of the Usos was injured recently and he's going to be out for several months. Uh, so that kind of sucks. And I think the Lucha House Party, they're, they're just there to be there, honestly. I think they're kind of like Tamina. So yeah. 
So it's definitely a two-horse race, or I guess in this case a four-horse race. Ms. Morrison have a shot, but I'm going to put my money on the new day to retain. I think one of the most intriguing matches could very well be this next one. The WWE Universal Championship will be defended by Braun Strowman against his former partner, Brave Wyatt. I'll start us with this one and see what you think about what I've got to say. First of all, I like the feud so far. I like the the callbacks to these two people's history with each other. Uh, More importantly, though, I like the fact that Bray Wyatt is making those callbacks. But more importantly, I like the fact that Braun Strowman has shown strength and he has shown defiance. And he's he's kind of, you know, stood in, in Wyatt's face and said he doesn't care about the mining games and everything. I think that's an interesting new wrinkle. But I think Bray Wyatt has to win this match. I think we'll say, you know, thank you, Braun Strowman, for saving us from Goldberg. Uh, congratulations. You had your first title run with the big belt. Um, and back to the line you go. <laughs> I, I just don't see them giving Strowman a legitimate long-term push. The second that they revealed that it was going to be these two right away after WrestleMania, I feel like I feel like Strowman's time has been – wrapping up ever since. And I, I think it would be the right move, frankly. As much as I like Strum, as much as I think he could be the the top guy for a while, it just feels like they are, have been making these steps to rebuild Bray Wyatt to give a course correction for his character after the atrocity that occurred in Saudi Arabia when he lost to Goldberg. Um, I, I think you saw the first step of that at WrestleMania against Cena. And I think now he's going to win back the title, and eventually he'll 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 have a good run with it again. Eventually, whenever Roman Reigns feels like he is safe enough to return, Roman's going to come back and beat him for the title, like they probably had planned for WrestleMania. Um, you know what? I'm going to depart from that because I think that uh, the right move by WWE right now would be to let this match go and have it end under questionable circumstances with Strowman still winning and have have this one go on for two or three pay-per-views. I think that would be the right way to do it. You know, just really build this up. Because, I mean, this is a match everybody, I think, really wants to see. Because everybody remembers, you know, Strowman playing second fiddle to to uh, Bray. I mean, the storyline writes itself. Yeah. And, you know, and the whole story could basically be, you know, Strowman retains and that he feels that uh, Bray's, you know, powerless or whatever, that he's immune to his issues. And all of a sudden you got to get the fe- you know, the demon in there and, like, really, like, just build it up dramatically in order for it to really have a big payoff. So, I mean, I, I won't be surprised either way, but that would be the way that I think it could go. Uh to have that happen and then just, you know, admit to Roman that, hey, man, you're you're probably going to have to wait another six months or so before you have a serious contention for either title. You could be on to something. I think it would be – I think it would be perfectly fine if they continue this feud. I just – I see the history there with Strowman, and I don't have my hopes high for that. Uh, but certainly I, I would be on board to see them keep going because – I don't know who Wyatt would feud with next, you know, because, yeah, you're going to have a Money in the Bank winner potentially from SmackDown, but they don't always have feuds with the Money in the Bank winners. So 
I, I don't see where a next direction would be. So, yeah, I, I think you may be onto something there. We could see this feud drag out for a couple more pay-per-view matches. All right, I'm really intrigued to see what you think here. Drew McIntyre will defend the WWE Championship against Seth Rollins. Who you got? Drew McIntyre. Claymore, Claymore, Claymore. Um, look, I don't know what it is about Seth Rollins with me right here lately. I've just not been a fan of his stuff. I don't like him constantly being in the hunt for this card. Um, but given what it is and the fact that he's had it before and stuff, I think it's going to be an interesting match. But really, for me, there, I, I, you know, I don't see them having McIntyre keep it for one, like a month, and then just like make him hand it off. I mean, I get it; they needed, you know, Lesnar to kind of go away for a while. I get that, but I mean, you've been building up McIntyre for months now. Are you really going to have him drop it to Rollins after having it for a month? It just it doesn't make any logical sense to me. I've really enjoyed the build for this match. I think the storyline has been really, really strong. Uh, their contract signing segment was one of the best contract signings I've seen in a long time. I thought they did a really good job with that. Like you, um, listen, I am a Seth Rollins fan, big fan of the guy. I think he's one of the best performers they have. But like you, I get tired of seeing him in the main event picture constantly. And it's like every time they decide to take him out, it's like, boom, he's right back in the, the title contention. And to me – It's like it, Teddy Long and The Undertaker. Yeah. It kind of hurts him. Uh, it, I think that played into last year where we saw the, the fans kind of revolt against him. I felt the same way when they first started this feud, you know, almost immediately after WrestleMania. But they've really swung my opinion and, and sold me on this storyline – because he's done a really good job. Rollins is a professional. I mean, he's among the best characters that they have. And I'm still really big on this Monday Night Messiah gimmick. So they've sold me on that. But it is it is time for McIntyre to get a true showcase win on a pay-per-view. You know, he had the match with Lesnar. It was nothing to write home about. He had, and then he match. had a special match with Big Show. Yep, that was pretty bad, too. <laughs> and TV matches are always kind of limited for several different reasons. I think this is where you let the guys go, you know, 20, maybe even 25 minutes, however long. Let it be a good, grueling match and maybe even have McIntyre overcome interference from Buddy Murphy and get the one, two, three. He has to win, no way, shape, or form about it. But I think they could they could do something really creative here to continue his rocket push. All right, let's talk about last thing, these Money in the Bank ladder matches. And this year, I don't know exactly what they have planned for this. I'm very excited to see what it is. But they're going to have this match play out, apparently, in the WWE corporate headquarters in Connecticut. And they're going to basically climb to the top of the building. And I think there's going to be a ladder up there. They're going to have to climb the ladder and get the briefcase. I don't know what all they've got planned. I hope it's not windy. But what do you think about the uh, the idea of changing up this match during this current time where, you know, WWE is trying a lot of different things? 
I mean, I like the concept of climbing the corporate ladder. I'll tell you what, it would have been a lot better done, though, is uh, I really wish they would have done this when the authority was, like, the big thing. Because I feel like it would have been 20 times better that way. <laughs> um, but, of course, you know, obviously the authority's not really around right now. Um, but I I will say I, I am going to be disappointed if Triple H doesn't play some sort of role in this at some point. Really? Um, I'm not I'm not saying like necessarily interference or anything like that, but like he has to do you know, I think he's gonna have to have some sort of role. Like either he'll be in the building watching it or um, you know, he he delivers a pedigree to someone who uh like shoves him to get out of his way or something like that. Like I I I think there has to be some sort of um spot like that. And that would be absolutely amazing to me. Uh, that's just my inner darkness talking, though. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love the concept. I can't wait to see how it actually is executed. Um, I'm kind of hoping that uh, they take a few different elements that they tried in WrestleMania that were successful and really apply it here because it's uh, like a great opportunity for them to do so. Um, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're still going to have, you know, the the ladder and the and the briefcase and ultimately you have to you know still get it the way that a lot of people do but i mean i guess i i, I just i can't wait to see how the concept plays out that's the big thing because you already know they're gonna fight in the elevator um not, i mean that's a given um and I'm, i mean i'm sure that there's going to be like why well, well, I think it'd be really cool is if you have a couple of wrestlers going at it on like the second floor and then you have a few more going on at the third floor. Like I think that would be really awesome for them to have, but either though that I mean this is just me conceptualizing what a five star match would look like in this environment. Um but as you can tell, I'm pretty excited about it. You mentioned the elevator I really now now that you planted that seed, I really want to see the WWE version of the Captain America Civil or excuse me, Winter Soldier elevator scene. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I don't know if you know which scene I'm talking about. That scene was incredible. It's one of the best Marvel scenes ever. I would love to see WWE's take on that. Yeah, and apparently <laughs> these matches are going to be happening simultaneously. So I don't know what to expect. Uh, I, I want to see a Vince McMahon cameo. I'd love to see Stephanie do. I'd love to see an appearance by VKM himself. So, yeah, I, I've got a lot of things that I'm hoping to see play out during this match, or these matches, I should say. So let's talk about them. For the women's Money in the Bank contract, they got Asuka versus Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax versus Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans versus Carmella. Who do you think could potentially grab that briefcase Sunday night out of those women? Well, the person I would like to win, it's not going to because for whatever reason, they had they had a great opportunity with the female bodybuilder and just didn't do anything with it. So, unfortunately, Dana Brooks not going to win. Um, but, I, I mean, I, my money's on Shayna Baszler. I think that uh, she comes through and just wrecks the rest of the crowd – and she'll get her second shot with Becky. Um, I mean, I mean, I, that to me is the only person that really makes sense of winning this match in particular. Um, although, 
It also creates an environment for antics. Maybe Bailey, sh- maybe Becky shows up and just you know wrecks Shayna again. That way she doesn't win it, and then it goes to uh, someone else. But my my money's on Shayna Baszler. That's who the people want to see. Uh, Vince is always about these UFC guys and girls. He's got Shayna Baszler right now. We're going to be seeing a lot of her in the main card. Let's just be honest. I think Asuka is a a, a likely winner. Um, so is Lacey Evans because they are very clearly high on Lacey Evans. They wouldn't be giving her such a big push. Or I, I guess really two pushes versus Becky and now versus Bailey and Sasha. They wouldn't be doing that if they if they didn't you know foresee something big in her. Um, so, I want to see Lacey Evans with you. I totally forgot to bring her up. But, I mean, yeah, she would be my second pick behind Shayna. But I think you're right. I, I think Shayna wins. I like what they've done with her character since WrestleMania because it was a very quick match against Becky, kind of a cheap finish. We've already discussed that. But they have completely rebuilt Shayna Baszler. I mean, she murdered Sarah Logan a few days before they released her. Um, and they, she's just consistently done that. They've really established her as somebody with a killer instinct. And I think that should play well in this match. And I, I think she wins. I think we get to Baszler versus Becky 2.0, and maybe they'll do it better this time. Maybe maybe there will be no vampire branches to that story. <laughs> yeah, for real. And finally, the men's money. Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, before we go on that, the question. Go ahead. Do you think it was her being a vampire? Or do you think it was a homage to uh, Mike Tyson? Of all the, about two decades too late. Yeah, yeah. Of all the things they could copy with Mike Tyson, that should not have been it. I don't know what that was. I'm glad they did it and moved on, and they've, they've never spoken of it again. I'm, I'm very happy about that. Let's we just got to see it a lot. Let's keep it that way, yeah. <laughs> And finally, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Daniel Bryan versus Aleister Black versus Rey Mysterio versus King Corbin versus AJ Styles. I'll go ahead and start this one. I think anybody has the potential to win this match except for Rey Mysterio. No disrespect to Rey. I just – he's at a stage in his career where a championship run is not in his future. And I think he's here as an exciting guy, as a fan favorite, even though I'm not a big fan. Um, controversial take, I know. But uh, I, I don't see him having really any shot to win this. The rest of them, I think there's a very good argument that they could. You know, you got Daniel, Daniel Bryan, who has not been a, a top champion in a very long time. Aleister Black is getting a pretty good push now for the first time. King Corbin, they, he's – Obviously, a favorite in the locker room for, or I guess in corporate, I should say, not necessarily locker room. AJ Styles, you know, could they be setting up AJ Styles' final main event push? He's not getting any younger. He's made it clear he's not going to be around much longer. But I think what we're going to see here is, and I, I hinted at this earlier when we were talking about a potential match, but I think we're going to see Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak start to emerge in this match. The way they had this match set up, as we've already discussed, going through the corporate building, there is great potential for Gulak to get involved and cost him the match there. 
And like I said, they could possibly be setting up AJ Styles' last legitimate main event push. But I think the time is now for Aleister Black. We discussed before the Royal Rumble that he could possibly win that match. Obviously, they went with McIntyre. It was the right call. But I think they've kind of been saving Black for this. I think they're ready for him to get a singles push, to get a main event push, and this is how they jump started. Aleister Black's going to win. I want to see Aleister Black versus Drew McIntyre. I think that would be a really good match. I think a lot of wrestling fans themselves would enjoy seeing it. But I don't think that's the way we're going to see it this time around. The fact is they've really been pushing this whole – you know, and you brought it up earlier. They've been pushing this whole Sami Zayn, Drew Gulag, um, um, Daniel Bryan, whole you know this whole thing with them. And I'm gonna go the opposite of uh, what you said. I will say Daniel Bryan wins this, and uh, I say that basically there is some sort of plot line that takes us to SummerSlam, where maybe Daniel Bryan has a title. And that's where the payoff is because they seem to really be making this an A story. When you think of all the main storylines going on in WWE right now, this seems to be the one that keeps on going. It seems to be their A story. It's a horrible A story. But uh, for me, I think that's their long-term goal. Um, now, if, now, really, if, they, if creatives go out with this being a B story or a C story, then I would say that... Um, more than likely you'll then get um, – you, you may get Aleister Black at that point. Uh, I don't think AJ Styles is going to get it. It's too soon. Uh, I mean, you, you don't just get buried by the Undertaker and then come back a month later and then start your main event push. That, that makes no sense at all. Mysterio, no way. Um, King Corbin will be interesting. But, you know, I don't – I just – I can't – see Cor- well I can see a Corbin McIntyre match I guess I mean I can see that uh, that would be something a lot of people would want to watch but if he got it it would have to be through a lot of you know shenanigans throughout the match and I, usually when they do a lot of shenanigans on matches like this that's when it goes from being a great match to a horrible match so I'm rather than not so I mean overall for me my, my number one contender in this match has to be Daniel Bryan um, with I guess King Corbin being second or Aleister Black being third. It's going to be interesting to see it play out. We're excited about it. And um, I, I'm really, really intrigued by what they're going to do with the match itself. And we're going to watch it. And next Friday, we're going to be right back here, hopefully, to break it all down and discuss it and see how we feel about it coming out. So we appreciate you tuning in. We hope you come back and uh, join us for that reaction show. Thank you for listening to Any Given Friday, the official podcast of Lake Country Sports. Check back next week for another brand new episode.